Hi and welcome to Natural Life Flow, the podcast for self-care to uplift you to your best self, sponsored by Debbie Spink Holistic Therapies. My name's Debbie and today we're going to give you the last episode of the year. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that are cheering this year out with relief and hoping that we're on the brink of turning it round for next year. And today we're doing a slightly different episode. It's going to be a compilation of some wonderful guests that I've had on the show sharing amazing tips and value for you all. And I'm just so grateful to have these amazing people on the show participating in the podcast. They've really made it um, something special for this year. So thanks very much to them. And without further ado, we'll get on to the clips. Enjoy this episode. Our first guest clip comes from Suzanne Kulberg, a weight mindset coach who does things a little differently to help people with sustainable weight loss and to maintain the shape that they want. In this clip, she highlights how to own your own power to make active choices. You can catch the full episode on episode eight of the podcast. The weight loss industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And I think in a lot of ways, it's set up for people to fail because if you sign up to a program and, and then you have success while you do the program, especially the ones that pedal pills, powders, potions, you know, some sort of supplement. But when you read the fine print, they're like walk and eat veggies, do you know what I mean? Which is probably what contributes to the weight loss, not the expensive pill. Um, the people, you, you give your power to that program. When I take that pill, when I drink that shake, I drop weight. When I'm left to my own devices, I gain it back. You need to own your power either way because you're the one who's making the effort, so you're releasing the weight. You're also the one who's eating the chocolate, so you're gaining the weight. There's no passive eating like there's passive smoking. And I really say that with love. Like at the end of the day, you eat the chocolate. It's not your husband's fault because he brought it home from the servo when he was fueling up the car. Or your friend's fault because I brought a cake over. Like, it's your fault. And it's having those really honest conversations with people about the way that you can be best supported. And in terms of the industry, when people really start to question, do I need to take this little pink drink or anything like that? Or is it the other things that they're telling me to do? Because when you start to have the wobbles, the mindset, things get hard. Like today, <laughs> all the stuff that has led up, it's, um, we're filming this in the evening for me because I'm in Australia. It was like, wow, <laughs> but it's like putting all that behind and then moving forward um, and having the support for that rather than when you do a, a pill or something and they go, oh, we'll just have a double dose next month or, or you just need to keep taking it. And a lot of those things are foul. They're absolutely foul. They taste gross. Our next clip is from Anne McKeown, a coach for women in business who started her own business and transformation at the age of 50. In this clip, she details how comparison with others kills joy. You can catch the full episode on episode 11 of the podcast. Are we saying that comparison kills joy? It really does. So somebody can come and they're, and they're like really excited about their program or their job or their new idea. And then they go on and they look at what other people are doing and then they see themselves as less than and they immediately say, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't know because it's not so good or, you know, or she's got more followers or she's smarter or, or, or she's 
better whatever um and nine times out of ten that's not true either by the way it's often these people you know everything looks better on instagram and facebook as we know um everybody struggles we all have days where where we've got great self-belief and then two days later you know thinking oh why did I even start this maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was and everybody you know even popes and the queen and you know political leaders everybody it's part of the human condition and it, and it's partly because our con our unconscious mind is trying to keep us safe while our the conscious mind is trying to push us forward and so the two we've got this constant two steps forward one step back kind of scenario going on in our head and it's very confusing um and i think it's worse now because we're not just trying to keep up with the joneses down the road we're now trying to keep up with people around the world and yeah that's that's a very big challenge deborah cherry is my next guest clip and you can catch the full episode of this on episode 14 of the podcast. And here she discusses how the importance of mindset and having that vision can really transform what is actually possible and how to embed that in your belief system. I think mindset is everything because you really can do, be or have anything that you want if you have the right mindset and that you're willing to make the decision to go towards those goals. Because once you make the de decision and you have this burning desire for something or what, whatever that might be, coupled with faith and action, it's, it's interesting how everything just comes together. It, it's almost like you attract it into your vortex. Uh, Abraham Hicks would call it a vortex. Bob Proctor calls it, calls it uh, your paradigm or, or your energy field. But um, once, once you want something so badly and you are in the vibration of attracting it, you can have anything that you want. And, and it's, uh, mindset is huge. I think most people are, are logical. I think most people just settle for, for what they have and don't even believe that there's infinite possibilities for everybody. There's enough money in the world for everybody to be successful. Um, and people, I, I believe most people don't even have the mindset that that's even possible. And you think that you, you have to work harder in order to achieve great things. And, and it's not necessarily true. It's, it's, um, it's, attracting it into your energy field and acting as if you already have it, as if you're already like, what, what do you want? And what does that look like? What does that vision look like? And how does it feel? And once you, once you start to feel that way, what, what would I be as a successful person? What are my habits that I would form as a successful person? What do I believe every day? Do I study every day? Am I, am I committed to personal growth? Those are all, once, once you have the vision and you start acting as if you already have it, you begin to attract it into your field. And, and it's not logical for most people. They don't understand that. They think that you have to work harder or you have to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and that's not the case at all. 
Lauren Windsor is in the next clip and she's known as the decluttering guru or organising queen. In the clip, she details how decluttering can impact on a really deeper level and you can catch the full episode on number 26 of the podcast. Like I said, I want my clients and I want everyone, honestly, that, that are looking at decluttering to really get to know themselves through this process and the way we do that through decluttering is really consciously making a choice about the things we choose to keep because if you know why you're keeping something if you know how it came to be in your possession in the first place if you know why you're resistant to getting rid of the things that you know you actually don't want those kind of questions do stir up a lot of that internal clutter like I said, that's where this the, the physical manifestation of your internal clutter is. So asking those questions of your stuff forces you to ask them of yourself a little bit as well. And that can help you make better choices moving forward. So if I feel <laughs> that if I went into your home and took everything out and said, well, that's not necessary and this is all you need, you're probably going to start accumulating again pretty quickly having that very quick uh maybe this sort of cold turkey approach is drastic and i think realistically if you're going to be living in your house afterwards it's probably going to start looking a bit more like the internal clutter again so you need to deal with you need to deal with both because they go either way if you're if you have an in, a cluttered environment you're going to be stressed and have a cluttered mental space if you have a cluttered mental space it's going to show up in your environment so working on them hand in hand means that you don't revert back to your sort of original state because the triggers aren't there to go back the other way my next guest clip is Michael Bryan, and he is an international best-selling author and expert mindset and self-development coach. In this clip, he details how development and growth can adapt over time. To catch a full episode, check out episode 16 of the podcast. I use the analogy for stretching. When you first do it, it's painful, it's hard work, you feel the benefit, it's actually be quite dramatic for some people. But then you think, right, I'll, I'll do this every day. I'll stretch every day, right? After about two weeks of doing it every day, you feel like you don't even need to do it. You know, you're just stretching, you're just doing your thing, you know, you're pushing yourself every so often. You know, but you're doing it every day. You're stretching every day. You start to feel like it's boring. You don't get the same benefit. It's not that you get the same benefit. It's that you don't lose it. So when you stop, you go backwards to the point where you start to stretch again and then it hurts again. And then you can't do it anymore. But then you feel the benefit. So it's like some people don't do things that often. Because every time they do it, they feel the benefit. Same with like everything from meditation to journaling to reading to listen to podcasts like this one. You don't do it every day because the benefits stop. Because you become conditioned to it. Because you normalize to it. 
And that's something that happened to me. You know, I, I normalized keeping to myself. I normalized being okay with my own, you know, company, if you will. And that's something I had to notice and realize and understand that if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know, I gave myself a bit of a, a mission when I was 18 and I realized that you, you've got to change that. Like you can't stay in your own bubble and normalizing something that's dangerous is very dangerous. Normalizing something that's beneficial is actually more beneficial because you don't feel it until you stop. You don't suddenly feel like you need it until you stop doing it, which is an issue, right? Because we get better, we adapt, we change, we grow. And then you think, well, what's next? That's why people that, let me use exercise as an example. That's why people that are like athletes, their workouts are something that we would never even attempt. Like our workouts are their warm-ups because they have to. It's the only way they can adapt and grow and change and improve and then still feel the benefit. So that's why we actually progress over time that's in line with us growing. That's why you, like, in exercise, it's like progressive overload, as they call it. You overload yourself a little bit every time you do it. I means it always feels a little bit of a struggle. It always feels tough, not because you're not improving, but because you're actually doing more and working harder and putting more energy towards it as you get better. Heidi Maria Norman is an empath whose primary goal is to empower women. She discusses in this clip about people-pleasing and the problems that empaths have often with boundaries. Check out the full episode. It is number 13 on this podcast. Do the things that you are supposed to do. But if you are a fear, then you are forcing it, something to happen in your life. You are forcing something. Um, and... And I was looking at, because I was also uh, asking other people, to, can I do this? Can I do that? And can I do that? I wasn't listening to myself. So when I was at that uh, spiritual awakening moment of my life, then I started to listen to myself. What do I want in life? What do I need? And that was a really change for me because I hadn't asked myself that. I was always there for other people and also a pleaser because uh, empaths highly sensitive people are there to help other people help 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 and then it can be over pleasing it can be over helping it can be uh, giving too much so it's really important to get that balance in life where you are helping and also to uh, know uh, when you can stop and receive uh, empaths, uh, it is to set boundaries uh, because mm -hmm. when you are an empath, you you want uh, people around you to be satisfied. You want people to be safe. You want people to have uh, the best life they ever can have, and and you want people to uh, have it good around you. So you forgot about yourself, and you give, and you give, and you you give. So. You have to ha set the good boundaries so you can take care of yourself first. And then when you have something to give, then you are giving because empaths 
are always there to help other people, but they need to set that boundaries to find time for themselves. And for me, uh, it's my med meditation practice every day and also my yoga practice. I have to do it every day because if I'm not doing it, then, uh, then it's me giving to others, not giving to myself. So that is really important for me. Sharon Spink is a Spotlight registered actress and voiceover artist. She was featured in episode five of the podcast. And here is a clip of her discussing how acting has given her confidence and numerous other skills when she is put in the spotlight. When you start acting, then you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to put yourself in front of that camera and sometimes make yourself look really stupid you feel like a bit of an idiot at times <laughs> i've done that one but once you've got over that and done it a few times it's like okay i'm i'm playing the i'm playing the role you know this is a character that i'm playing once that you know once they say cut that's it you walk away you're back to being you um but that has helped my confidence in you know everyday life as well so i am i do feel i'm i'm a lot more confident person now um, you do get nervous if you're going on stage or going, you know, especially if it's a big set for a, for a big film um, and things, then yeah, you do get a little bit nervous. But if you've done your homework, you you know, you've, you've done that research, done all your preparation, then I have this way of, I don't look at it as nerves, I look at it as excitement. I'm excited about doing this job, you know, I mean, it's the fun side of it. Um, the auditions are maybe the, mo the most nervous part rather than actually stepping on set. Being on set is just so much fun. Um, I try and meditate. I do use meditation a little bit um, and grounding, I, you know, especially if I'm, just before I'm going on to do a scene. The next clip is by Tonya Crombie, who is a best-selling author and anxious child expert. In this clip, Tonya discusses the pressures of social media, both on children and how it affects parents also. Her episode was episode 10, if you want to catch the full podcast. The social stuff that all of our kids are facing, um, there's, you know, I'm not one of those people who says like the, the cell phone is the devil and we all need to get rid of our cell phones. Some people are really, really anti-cell phone. I think it is, it is like everything. It's a tool. It can be used for good or evil. It can be, but it is a factor in the way our kids experience the world and how much they are constantly subjected to, you know, just being seen and viewed by other people um, and knowing and being aware of what other people are doing that we as, you know, our generation didn't really have that. And it's something they're having to figure out as they go because we can't say, well, when I was a teenager and someone said this about me on Snapchat, you know, we don't have that experience that they had. So all of those, I think, are triggers and patterns. And um, the one thing as a parent of a teenager is when they were little, we were much more in tuned with everything that was going on because they were in our car, they were, you know, we walked them to school, whatever. And once they become a little more free, as they should, that's how they become adults. They have to go out and be on their own. But as they are off on their own, 
there's, we always have to remind ourselves there's a whole lot of stuff going on that we don't know about. And sometimes the, you know, that angry child that comes home, there's a reason they're angry and we just don't know what it is. We don't always know what happened. Parenting, unfortunately, has become like this competitive sport. <laughs> and we tend, we get so caught up in not falling behind. I do think, I don't think it's so much that parents are, you know, that we're all like trying to be better than each other and trying to be, you know, I want to impress you or whatever, but it's more of this fear of, well, if everybody else is playing football or if everyone else is taking the mommy and me music class and I don't, maybe I'm going to handicap my child in some way. And everyone's so afraid of their child falling behind because they didn't step up and put them in the dance class or whatever it was. And, you know, we all have been saying, oh, this is, you know, we need to not go back to the way we were before. But that fear is a very powerful motivator with parents. And it's, it's mm -hmm. going to be tough to step away from feeling like you might miss out on, or child will miss out on something if you don't. Naomi Radke made a dramatic shift from former airline pilot to sassy writer with an online private readers club for women exploring sensuality without shame. In this clip, she details how the benefits of intimate stories can benefit your sex life. Catch the full episode on the podcast, which is number 18. Oh, the benefits. Uh, <laughs> the benefits is you're going to have a better relationship and more sex in your relationship. So that's a big benefit because <laughs> if you, you know, it all starts with self. And, and obviously like what your podcast is all about is about self-care and putting the priority um, because without it, uh, then you're just going, your, your identity is going to be, you know, you're missing out on um, a, uh, being able to future-proof your intimate life because so much life goes on for everybody. It doesn't mean that we're all going to be at our peak at any one time. You know, even me in, in writing these all the time, like I'm not always at my peak in my intimate life, but it's always having like a benchmark where you can always go, come back and then jump back into reminding yourself to, uh, give yourself some time um, because because without it and this this giggle around it then you're not fulfilling yourself completely because as a woman like if there's more to you than being a mum a partner and all these other things there's something inside that you need to need to feed as well so the benefit is definitely um, uh, allowing yourself to explore it and getting you know getting more sex in your relationship I can't guarantee exactly how much because that's up to you and how far you want to allow, allow it in to make it your priority. I hope you've enjoyed this special compilation episode of Natural Life Flow with some of the clips from some amazing guests I've had on the podcast over this year. Please feel free to like, comment and share on the podcast and grow the movement. And please feel free to check out the full episodes of all my amazing guests that I've had the pleasure of interviewing throughout the year. I'd like to wish the listeners a happy 2021 and hope to hear from you on the podcast over the next year. Mm -hmm.